Welcome to the Shed the Shame podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Whitens, online women's mental and emotional wellness coach, educator, and mental health advocate. My mission is to create and embrace a new norm of processing emotions and healing trauma. This will allow us to collectively shed the shame, guilt, and stigmas around mental health, emotional well-being, and self-care. It's long overdue for society to empower women to shamelessly focus on their own health and wellness so they can self-heal and in turn model that healing in their relationships and especially for their children. This podcast is a place for inspiration, education, and tools on how to confidently break the societal patterns that keep us stuck, unhappy, and unfulfilled in life. It's time to start creating the healthy and happy life you've always dreamed of. Together, we can do this one episode at a time. So without further ado, let's dive right in and shed the shame. Hey everyone, welcome to Shed the Shame. In today's episode, you'll be listening in on a group training call that I led. It's full of tons of tips and tricks that you can apply right away in your life. So get your pen and paper out, you're gonna need it. Without further ado, here we go. Welcome to today's call. We are gonna be covering that Monday mentality that I'll do it tomorrow, I'll get to it next week, I'll start over sometime in the future, that procrastination mindset that keeps us stuck. And I know this is a huge topic for most people, especially women who are on any kind of journey to make a lifestyle change, right? And so when we're stuck in this, I'll do it tomorrow mindset or that, like I like to call it that Monday mentality, because we're always thinking like, oh, I'll start Monday, new week, it'll be fresh and we'll start off with a bang, (laughs) right? We get in that mindset of thinking there's something magical about next week, next Monday, starting off and everything's going to change. And so we put off working on our goals until what is usually that next week. So what's really going on here? What's this behavior all about? It's procrastination, right? And what procrastination boils down to, what that is, is it's a coping mechanism to avoid doing something you don't want to do for some reason. And the problem is that when you consistently keep putting things off, it becomes a pattern, which then becomes a habit. And before you know it, You're doing it without even thinking of it, right? So a timely quote, I came across a timely quote yesterday by Mel Robbins. She posted this and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm actually doing a training on this tomorrow. And she said, procrastination is a habit. You beat procrastination the same way you break a bad habit through interrupting old patterns and replacing them with new patterns. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about signs that you procrastinate. And the reason I'm an expert at this, at talking about this, is because I'm an expert procrastinator, lifelong master in the art of procrastination, 
but I also have lots of experience in overcoming procrastination and overcoming bad habits and resetting your mindset. So that's why I'm very passionate about this topic and, and able to kind of speak on it from experience and from resetting your habits around it. So we'll talk about signs that you procrastinate because sometimes we don't even realize it's happening because it's such an ingrained habit that we don't realize what's even going on. And we think that we are just a certain way. Like we think we're disorganized or we think we're just not that type of person or whatever. And really it's a procrastination habit. We'll talk about why we procrastinate because overcoming procrastination in order to overcome it, we need to understand why we're doing it. And everyone does it for a different reason. So I'll kind of give you some blanket reasons that kind of overarch everyone's problem with procrastination, if you have problems with procrastination, so that you can identify where your weak spots are and how and why it's affecting you. And then kind of explain that and you can adapt it to figure out what your specific issue is. And then I'll also go over what you can do about it. And since this is a very personal problem, because everybody's unique and everybody's, you know, history and trauma and reasons for procrastinating are different, I'll give you a framework that you can apply to your life that will help you overcome your procrastination habit. And then we'll talk a little bit about how to stay consistent because that's the name of the game. When, when we procrastinate, we'll get started, but then we fall back into old habit patterns. So we'll talk about what can keep you consistent because what keeps me consistent might not work for any of you. So you need to figure out what's going to keep you consistent. And then at the very end, we'll wrap up with discussing a little bit on how to get back on the wagon when you fall off, what to do to rebound and successfully like start over, so to speak, or hop back on the wagon when things go awry. And things can go awry for many different reasons. Um, You can fall back into your old habits. A stressor can come along and throw you off. You can get sick or injured or whatever. You know, shit happens, right? And then you have to learn to adjust. And then the, the biggest hurdle within that is starting again and getting back to instilling those new habits that cut off your procrastination habits and replace them. So that's the agenda for today. So we're going to dive right in here. So like I said, procrastination is a habit. It's a repeated pattern that you have done forever and ever. And some of the signs that I came up with that you procrastinate are constantly thinking that I'll do it tomorrow or I'll start Monday or next week sounds good to get back on and do this, right? Things that you're pushing it off into the future. You're a last minute person, like you're always last minute for almost everything. P.S. That's pretty much me. So your last minute, you feel like you're always rushed or in a hurry. You constantly get down on yourself for not following through with what you want to do. So these are all signs that you have a habit of procrastinating and putting things off. And I think most of us do in life. Most of us have a habit and it might be in certain areas. Typically what happens is it's in certain things, but not in other things. You know, for example, when I was a teacher, 
I was like super organized and on the ball in my classroom and everything was clean and everything was organized. Everything had a place like from everything in my room to the documents on my computer, like everything was, (laughs) there was a place for everything and everything had its place. But then you would walk into my home and it was not like that at all. Like my bedroom, kind of a disaster, right? I don't, really care about putting my clothes away in an orderly fashion. Like it just was completely opposite. So you can be like high functioning and organized and on the ball in some aspects of your life, but in other aspects of your life, like not at all. So what we'll kind of go through is why some areas you procrastinate and then some areas you don't. So Why do we procrastinate? Well, since it's a habit, it's attached to an emotion. We we start habits because what ends up happening is there's an emotional reaction to something, right? And then we get feedback on that emotional reaction and we either want to stay in that emotion or we want to get rid of it. So we adjust our behavior because our brain wants to stay safe and our brain wants to be happy and and, in a positive, somewhere positive. And so we go to which one of those fulfill it. Okay. What usually ends up happening is there's, it's attached to an emotion and there's typically two emotions, one positive and one negative. All right. So first, this is where the loop starts. There's a thought that you should do something, okay? We're going to call this your trigger. So there's a trigger, a thought that you should do something like, oh, I should exercise this week or, oh, I should really, you know, eat more healthily or whatever it is. So there's your trigger, that thought that you should do something, And then what happens directly, like exactly at that moment after is you feel a certain way about it. And it's usually not a good feeling, right? Usually you feel like shame or icky because it's something that you're not currently doing and you feel bad for not doing it. And you feel like a bad person because you can't do it and you just can't get yourself to do it and you keep putting it off. So that negative feeling, it might be guilt, shame, Disappointment is a big one for me that has naming disappointment in my life has drastically helped me and guide me to healing a lot of these negative behavior patterns like procrastination. So that emotion triggers your brain then to think, oh shit, this is icky. This doesn't feel good. Let's not stay here. (laughs) Ew. Uh, We'll deal with this later right? This is the catch. You don't want to continue feeling bad or feeling guilty about not doing what you should do. So you need to appease the feeling of that lingering guilt. But you also, your brain is also like, well, we don't want to start anything new here because that would throw everything off and it doesn't feel safe if we start something new. Like we want to stay in our comfort zone. So your brain is kind of being pulled in two different directions. Like we know we should do this, 
but we want to stay in a safe space here and not do anything crazy because that doesn't feel good either. So what ends up happening is you need to appease both sides of that. So what happens is you come to this place in the middle and you tell yourself something convincing and something hopeful, which is I'll do it tomorrow or I'll start Monday or next week, new week, new me, like I'm ready. And so what that ends up doing is it allows you to stall, but it also gives you hope that you're going to do it. Just not right now because it's not a good time. It's not safe to do it right now, but we're going to start. So we're excited. So we get that good feeling that we're doing the thing we should do, but we're not actually doing it because that would be dangerous or so our ego thinks. We get to stall. We get to continue to not do the new thing and we continue to avoid it because it's difficult. But then we also get to feel hopeful because we're going to do it, but just not right now. Your brain's thinking, this is a win-win. We don't have to do the hard stuff. We don't have to do the new icky stuff that puts us in a dangerous spot, but also get to feel hopeful, which is a good feeling. So short-term, this sounds great. You get to calm your guilt, your shame, your overwhelm, but long-term, that's a big fat nope. Long-term, this doesn't work. And we all know why, because the cycle then repeats the next week. We either, you know, Monday comes or the next day or whatever, and you are, you either don't start because you just keep doing the same pattern that you've been doing and living the same way you've been doing and that your, your body and your brain are used to, or you do get started but then you relapse and the cycle continues again. So Monday and Tuesday are great. Then Wednesday comes, you're tired. It's been a long week. Work was shitty and you just don't have the energy or the time to put into working on the goal that you've been trying to achieve. So you hit that procrastination. Your brain's like, let's hit that procrastination button again. That felt good. And that let us get away with some stuff. And so that sounds good. But there's still that lingering guilt and shame, right? You keep going through this disjointed behavior. You constantly make promises to yourself and you feel terrible about that because you keep betraying yourself too. So you make promises and you break them over and over and over. And it feels really shitty because when you betray yourself, you feel terrible And then you also feel terrible because you're not following through with your plan and you're not reaching the goal that you want to reach because you keep pushing it off. So that win-win just turned into a hardcore lose-lose real quick. And that is where we easily start to spiral into that shame game and, um, and feeling guilty and, and, categorizing ourselves as not a good person because we can't follow through and we're not that type of person. And that negative self-talk starts to spiral out of control, but then the procrastination loop keeps happening and happening and happening. So I think we can all relate to this cycle, but the question is, what do we do about it? I came up with some ideas to help you figure out 
what will work for you because not only do you want to get started if you haven't already working on a goal or you want to continue working on a goal, you want to keep going and stay consistent. That's the name of the game. So you can eventually reach your goal or, you know, even if this isn't like, there's not like a finish line, obviously, if you're making lifestyle changes, like this is a life, it's a lifestyle thing. If you want to make a lifestyle change, you have to keep going with this new habit and stop that procrastination cycle. Since everyone is different, getting motivated to start and keep going will look different for everyone. You want to personalize what will keep you accountable so it works long-term. So the first thing you can think about is what keeps you going in other aspects of life? What keeps the wheels on your wagon and the the guardrails up and keeps you inside the wagon so you don't fall off or the wheels don't fall off and everything comes crashing down. And so think about the things that you're able to do with consistency, but maybe others struggle with. So I gave you guys um, a few minutes ago, I gave you the example of my classroom, right? And so I had a really organized classroom, but I worked with wonderful people that didn't have an organized classroom. Like that worked in my, the as, that aspect of my life. But for some people having an organized room and having a place for everything and, and all of that stuff, that didn't work for them. That wasn't something they were able to do. So I want you to write down things that you're able to be consistent with. And one way to go about this is think about if you've ever had someone say like, wow, I don't know how you do that. Like, think about a time someone has said that to you. Like people said that to me about my classroom. Like they'd walk, other teachers would walk in my room and they'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how, like, how do you keep it this clean? How do you keep it? How do you keep things organized? How do you like do this and do that? And to me, it was just like, what well, I don't know. It's like what I have to do in order to be an effective teacher to get my job done. Like that's what makes things click for me. If it isn't like this and it doesn't work and it feels real icky, it doesn't hold me accountable. So jot down some ideas where you are good at staying organized in your life. Like maybe every Sunday you go grocery shopping and that works for you because fill in the blank. Maybe you're great at meal planning. Maybe you're really good at getting up early. You never hit snooze. This is not me, by the way. You uh, work out in the morning. Also not me, by the way. Think of things that you do that you kind of feel like naturally, like that's just what I do. It is what it is. I don't like, you kind of don't have an explanation for it. Or maybe you do, but it just seems like that's the way it has to be for me. Think about those things. So I'll give you guys another example. So the past few years, I've like been struggling massively with creating content for my business consistently. So like writing um, posts and um, I don't know, whatever, all that kind of stuff. I've been very inconsistent with it. It's been difficult for me to really nail down how to be consistent and, and do it so I would get in a flow and hold myself accountable. But for the last two months, I've really been on a roll 
And I've actually been excited and inspired to create. And like I said, that's something that's been super hard for me for years. What changed in the last two months for me? Well, I realized I needed to embrace my inner nerd. So I told you the story about my classroom and how I was very organized at school and, you know, my files on my computer and like everything was ship shape organized, right? And I loved doing stuff like that. Like I'm not typically the most organized person, but when it comes to work-related stuff, developing systems that feel good and make me feel like super nerd. I don't know. That just lights me up. That's my thing. And the funny thing is like, I've tried this before. I've tried creating different ways to hold myself accountable and keep myself organized for my business before. And I've tried other people's systems and like nothing really clicked. I don't know what it was or it could have been a number of different things. It could have been the system just didn't jive with me. It could have been the place that I was at in my life. It just didn't mesh with where I was at mentally and emotionally. So there was no follow through there either. I don't know. But what I recently did is I created this. You guys are going to hear what a nerd I am. I created this beautiful spreadsheet that I fill in ahead of time to plan out all of my content. I'm talking everything, like my stories, my posts. And because of this, like I've been putting off jumping back into doing podcast episodes on my podcast. And this has allowed me actually the freedom and the space to start getting back into that and the time to do that because it's so organized that I have that in there too. What I'm going to do, you know, my podcast ideas and when that's going to happen. So, I, I have this wonderful spreadsheet that I made myself and there's something about when I make it myself and I spend time on it and I figure out cool features to implement in what I create. There's something about that that allows me to get like super, super excited and like I can't wait to fill it in and follow through with the things that I put on there. And so some of you might be like, okay, yeah, that is not me. I don't know what planet you're from, (laughs) but that would not work for me. And that's fine. It doesn't have to, something like that doesn't have to work for you. The point is that's something for this particular part of my life that works for me. And it took me trial and error to figure it out. And that's okay. You are going to go through that same process. The key is you have to have patience with it. So one of the other things I created was a system within my business where I outline the tasks that I need to do weekly, biweekly, monthly, et cetera, so that I get a reminder. And I'm all about like checklists and sticky notes. So this is like having digital checklists and sticky notes that come up on my phone and I can check them off or even on my desktop and I can check them off and feel like that feeling of accomplishment is really good, right? So I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I check those items off each day. And this way, I don't get so overwhelmed with everything that I need to do. And so what I did with this process is I started small. Sure, I had a 100 things that I needed, like I could have done like in the first week of setting all of this up and getting my spreadsheet working for me. But I knew that If I put all those items on 
that, you know, that to-do list that I use, it it wasn't going to serve me because I would still be overwhelmed. And that's why I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do because I was overwhelmed by the whole list of things that needed to get done. And when you're in that space of feeling overwhelmed and anxious, like your executive functioning skills shut off. Like you are just going into survival mode because you're so overwhelmed and then you push it off and procrastinate even longer. So I staggered all of the things that I needed to do. So one week I focused on like three tasks that I needed to do. And then I would put those three tasks every other week. And then the next week I'd focus on these other three tasks and I would stagger those the opposite um, weeks as the first three. So that way I could work on those tasks and check them off day by day, week by week. So it wasn't so overwhelming. And I kept telling myself, like, let's say I had, you know, Wednesday I had a task due and Wednesday was really busy for me and I didn't get to it. I got plenty of time Friday, um, Thursday and Friday to also do that, that task. Like I have the week to accomplish it. So I bypassed, that might sound like procrastinating, but I changed my mindset and my perception around what it looked like to be successful also. So as long as I get it done during the week, it doesn't have to be the day the task is assigned, but as long as I get it done the previous week, I'm good. So that way, if something comes up, I give myself grace to put my attention towards whatever came up and not berate myself for not getting that thing done that I was supposed to get done on that day. Because that just, when you start going down that path, it perpetuates that overwhelm and that negative self-talk, which reinforces that procrastination behavior and habits that we're trying to get away from. I hope that makes sense. So that's a little insight on what it looks like for me. What this will look like for you, you have to ask yourself some questions. First, figure out what gets you excited to actually do things. What holds you accountable? And what has worked in the past for you long term? All right. So you might want to think about things like, how do you make sure you get tasked on at work? Well, my boss will be on my ass if I don't. So if that's something that really motivates you, that your coworkers might look at you or might be disappointed in you, or you have a boss who breathes down your neck to make sure you get it done, that's a type of accountability that works for you. So you can implement that type of accountability and motivation into the goals that you're trying to achieve. So something that might work for you, you know, is having an accountability partner, teaming up with somebody, having someone that'll check in on you or hiring someone that'll check in on you or help you with achieving your goals that way. Having like a spouse ask you like, you know, have your, have your partner or your spouse or a friend ask you, Hey, would you text me every Friday and ask me how my progress is going on this thing I'm trying to do? And then if, if, all week, if you're like, oh my God, I know I'm going to get that message. I know my friend's going to call me and I cannot let them down. I do not want to tell them that I did jack squat on what I, you know, on my goals. That might be something that motivates you to do it and then also holds you accountable. I hope that makes sense. 
So the other key here, and I was referring to this before, is attaching and making an emotional connection to the positive feeling you experience when you do follow through with your plan of action. So let me say that again. The other key is to make an emotional connection to the positive feeling that you experience when you follow through with your plan of action. This might be the biggest key to your success in following through and avoiding procrastination. Okay. So for example, for me, using my nerdy spreadsheet, I legit bask in the glory of its beauty. Like I look at it and I get teary eyed because I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's just so pretty. And I made that and I want to fill it in. And so I feel accomplished that I did that. And I also feel accomplished when I check things off my to-do list. So pride can be extremely powerful when avoiding procrastination. So because what we've been doing with procrastination is we attach to that negative feeling, right? Like, oh, I suck. I didn't do what I said I was going to do again this week. I didn't meal plan. I didn't follow my nutrition. I didn't exercise, whatever it is. And then we feel down about it all the time. What we want you to do instead is focus on when you do follow through, even if it's just for one day, especially if it's just for one day, attach to that positive feeling that, that you feel when you accomplish the task or the goal for that day or even for the moment. So this can be as simple as when you're doing a workout afterwards, when you're on that workout high and you feel really good and strong and you're like, yes, I did it. I promised myself I was going to work out today. I did it. I, it was hard, but I feel amazing and stronger for doing it. And I know I'm one step closer to reaching my goal of, you know, being stronger, being healthier, losing weight, whatever your goal is. So actually force yourself to sit in that feeling of pride and accomplishment, because you want to make that connection to doing that thing that's hard for you to do. And you want to connect to how it makes you feel good instead of what you've been doing, which is focusing on it making you feel bad. So if we're talking about working out and you're like, Ugh, I hate working out. Like, I just hate it. Like it sucks and it's tiring and I'm not good at it and whatever. Like all of that negative stuff, you associate all of that with working out instead of associating working out with, oh my God, I feel so much stronger. I feel so much healthier. I'm energized and this feels amazing. I did a workout I didn't think I'd be able to do. Like, I'm so proud of myself. Bask in the glory of your small accomplishments. That is the key. I want you to write that down too. Bask in the glory of your small accomplishments. So for me, that spreadsheet and that checklist keeps holding me accountable because I'll be damned if I'm going to let that spreadsheet stay blank and let those check boxes go unchecked. Like it feels really good to check those off my list and fill in my spreadsheet because I, I'm, I have now attached my mindset and my emotions to the feeling of how freaking good it feels to do those things instead of 
staring at a blank spreadsheet and feeling shitty about it and staring at all those unchecked boxes and feeling shitty about it. I want to feel good. I don't want to feel bad anymore. I've attached that good feeling to those tasks that I want to do. So, I mean, you're, you got to treat yourself like a, like a science project, right? Like this is the same concept. This is how habits are formed. It's, it's like positive rewards kind of, but you're attaching it to your emotions. So they really stay locked in. All right. So it fuels me to keep going and stay consistent because I want to feel that glory. I want to feel proud of what I did. That feels really good. It over, it overshadows the feeling shitty if I don't fill it out. Okay. So like I said by, before, like that type of thing might not motivate you. So that's why it's so important to figure out what works for you. If you're not motivated by head turning spreadsheets and gorgeous checklists like I am, then that idea, that idea is out for you. So this is where trial and error might be what you need. And you need to embrace that trial and error to figure out what works for you. You can't just try one thing and then be like, well, that doesn't work. I'm a lost cause. No, then you got to try something else and figure out what it is that does work for you because there is something. So you keep working at it until you find what works for you. And my biggest tip for that is just to be patient and keep trying. Like I said, that spreadsheet that I made two months ago isn't the first one that I've tried making. It's not the first one I've tried. It's not the first one I've made. But for some reason, this one just clicked for me. I had just the right setup, all the right bells and whistles. um, And it keeps me, it just makes my motor run. And it keeps me running on all cylinders. And part of that process too had a lot about, there was a little bit deeper of a process that you can go into also about letting some stories go that weren't working for me and embracing the stories that do. So I had also recently gone through a mindset shift because like when I, like I said, when I was teaching, I was like, everything was very organized. Then I started running my own business and I was going through letting go of all these stories where I had to follow rules and I had to do everything the way everyone else does, because that's the way things work in our society. You have to follow all the rules or you're a failure, right? And so then I moved into this, I don't kind of this rebellious, well, I'm not going to follow any rules. I'm just going to go with the flow. I had to shift to that other end of the spectrum in order to find my middle. And so my middle now I've discovered is that I have to Embrace both my strengths of, you know, nerdy organization and creativity. So it's kind of following rules, but it's the rules that I make. You see, if, if it were a spreadsheet that someone else made and they said, do it just like this, I'd be like, nope, I'm not doing it. And it wouldn't work for me. But if I make it and I get the creative, like I get to be the creative behind it and I get to create the rules and, and, and make all of it happen, then it works for me. So that's where I found my happy medium. That's where I found my sweet spot. So that's what I want you guys to do. Keep testing the different ends of the spectrum. Do you need something that's super structured to hold you accountable? Or are you a rebel and don't like 
structure, like that, you don't like that. It doesn't work for you because all of that is tied to your story, your history, your trauma, right? Like for me, my trauma was do as I say, follow my rules. This is the only way to be successful and get love, right? And so when I realized that that story didn't work for me and it was holding me back, I had to go to the other end and explore, well, what does it mean for me to not follow any rules? And what does it mean for me to do what I want? Or what do I even want? I had to figure out what I even wanted because I had done what everybody else wanted. So I went to the other end of the spectrum on that and I tested those things out. And then I discovered my middle ground. My happy medium was, well, I get to be in charge and be creative, but I also have these nerdy organized, this nerdy organized system that I can use that will keep me in check. All right. So match what you use to what you're trying to do. So maybe for you, a checklist for getting your daily workouts in, like that's not going to work for you. It doesn't make sense in your head. It doesn't appeal to you. Then don't use it. But It might work for you if you do like spreadsheets and checklists and something that keeps you organized. If you can see your week ahead of time with your workouts and you can print it off and you love the feeling of checking off that workout that you just did, that might be the thing for you. All right. So you have to kind of figure out what makes my boat float. Okay. So match it, match the task to the emotion that you're seeking, which is accomplishment and pride and getting things done. And also make sure it it matches to the task and the goal that you're working for. But my matching might not be your matching. So you have to, you know, be okay with exploring different options. And there's no rules for this either. There's no rules because it's you. You're your past and how you operate is completely different from everybody else. So I can't give you an exact way to figure out what's going to work for you. You have to figure that out. You just have to put the work in and be patient and not quit in order for that to happen. So just be aware of that. Now, this last piece, what if you fall off track and you need to rebound and This is where things get complicated sometimes, right? Because like I said before, shit happens and it's not always easy to get back on your horse when you've fallen off because there are life circumstances, you know, whatever things come up or you just fall off and that happens sometimes too. So the first thing I can tell you is If you fall off track, be nice to yourself. Remember that you are trying to implement a new habit that is trying to override years of an old habit. Like years, like decades probably that you've done things or procrastinated, learned to not do things a certain way. This is a system that's programmed into your brain. It's hardwired into your brain because it's a repeated pattern. That's how mindsets and patterns and habits are formed by repetition. 
and reinforcement and then repetition and reinforcement. But then what happens when you try to make a positive change, it's not working for you anymore to do that. And then that's where the guilt and shame set in about not being able to comp to accomplish or do what it is you want to do. So give yourself some grace, give yourself time. Like there's no, there's no timeline here. There's no time limit. Yes, of course, you want to reach your goal as fast as possible and you want to do things perfect, but I'm going to tell you right now, it is never going to happen. It's never going to be perfect. You are going to fall off the wagon. You are going to get off track. You know, things are going to come up that throw you for a loop and you have to adjust on the fly or sometimes you don't, you're not able to adjust at all. And that's okay. As long as you don't stay there. That's the key. So my, my first thing, to, in order to rebound and get back up and get back on track, is you have to start again as soon as you think of it. Because if you say, well, I'll start next week, fresh week, I'll start brand new, what's happening? You're repeating that old pattern. We don't want, that's the last thing you want to do. You do not want to repeat that old pattern that kept you stuck because then you're going to go back to that stuck place. So do not do what you did before that held you back. So as soon as you think about getting back on track, start taking the little actions that will help you climb back on the wagon. All right. Whether that's phoning a friend, accountability partner, um, you know, to keep you on track again, like set up those little systems and plans that worked before and do it right away. Not tomorrow, not later, not next week, not Monday. Cause we know also that starting is the hardest part, but then keeping going that, that is, you know, you have to be able to be flexible because you're going to have a good streak going and then something's going to come up to throw you off track. And that's totally okay. That's life. Being prepared for those unexpected things that pop up, that's part of what will keep you consistent over the long term. Because we're looking at long term here, not short term. If you're going to beat yourself up because you didn't get your workouts in because you were sick last week, you're never going to be successful and you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Because if you're doing your workouts just to do workouts because that's what you're supposed to do, you're not looking at the bigger picture of, taking care of your body. If you were, you'd understand that, well, when I'm sick, I need to recover. And that's what's best for my body is to be recovered and be healthy and strong. And working out while you're sick is not going to allow you to do that. So that's a little example for you. Have grace and do what your body and mind and emotions need to do to stay in a strong state. All right. And it's longevity, not short term over the long term. The other thing to help you rebound is remember I talked about connecting your emotions to accomplishing the task that you want to accomplish. Go back and intentionally think about how it made you feel while you were doing those things, how good it felt, and reconnect with that feeling. That's going to get you excited and motivated again to get back on the wagon. So reconnect with those emotions of pride, of accomplishment, 
of strength and empowerment and overall happiness and actually like think about it and make your like get into a space where you can feel it if that makes sense and what you might need to do in order to do that is do a little mini meditation where you think about one of the you know for example one of the best workouts you had and how badass you felt afterwards and it felt amazing and you really want to feel that way again connect with that feeling and sit in it allow yourself to savor that feeling. That is one of the best tips that I can give you to get back into the mindset and to that motivation of, of getting back in the groove after you've had a setback. All right. Um, thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Shed the Shame. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love if you subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please share it with anyone that you think it would resonate with. If you feel so inspired to, please leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode on Facebook or Instagram. I greatly, greatly appreciate your love and support.